0: My name is Ben. This is Dawson. We're leaders here. Most importantly, we are God's kids. And we're here because Jesus has rescued us. And uh, this Sunday will be a little bit different, like Andrew said. We're going to do a little review of where God has brought us this past year. If you're visiting, we have been in the book of Mark for a, a whole year. We took a break in the summer for a Resilient Rhythms um, series and then resumed. And just last week, we, we finished up. And we thought it would be good to take this Sunday to look back and rehearse what God has taught us. And so uh, it could be a little dangerous that both Dawson and I are up here. Like we said, we want to keep this short. And for both of us to be up here, it could be the opposite. But we're going to try. We're going to do a little team teaching here this morning. And we, uh, the, the title of our series is A King Worth Following. And we were really intentional with that title because that that phrase means there's a cost to following Jesus, but there's a reward, and it's worth it. And so that's what we're going to look at this morning. And we, we ask that question every day, in everyday moments of life, even those trivial moments, is it worth it? Right? We, we watch a movie trailer, and we think, I, I think I want to see that in the theater. It'd be worth it to pay the $15 for the ticket, the $30 for the tub of popcorn, the $20 for the half gallon of Diet Coke to make me feel better about the popcorn you know, sitting for 18 minutes to watch the trailers and then watching the movie and then if it's a really good movie like Dune or Inception or Avengers, we walk out and say, man, that was really worth it. And perhaps a more financially responsible illustration, um, we, we go on a hike and we read all the reviews for the hike and we see that there's these amazing spots all along the way. that are just beautiful. But then we look at the, you know, we look up WTA.org, we look up the level and it's hard and it's ten miles long with like three thousand foot elevation gain. And we know it's gonna cost us, not in money, but in pain. But then we go on the hike and we see the views and like, man, that was worth it. So how much more? Those are trivial compared to the question of is it worth following Jesus? how much more is that question important and the answer to that question is of eternal importance and the cost is not an effort or money because we could never pay enough or work enough to earn the gift of eternal life that Jesus provides but the cost is laying down our sin and our self and our stories and asking Jesus to rewrite those and what we've discovered as we've gone through this book is that question is not just a one-time question that we ask when we begin to follow Jesus, but it's an everyday question. We wake up every day and ask, is it worth following Jesus and my relationships and how I spend my money and how I spend my time and how I love my neighbor? And what we've discovered over and over again is that Jesus is a king worth following. And so Dawson and I are going to hit five kind of major themes that we saw in the book of Mark. And then we're going to invite you as our family to, to come up and share story or testimony or a passage of Scripture of how you've discovered that this week or this year, this month, you have found that Jesus is worth following. So we're going to put up a question on the screen at the end. I'll have you start thinking about it now. Jesus is worth following because, I guess it's not a question, but... What, why is Jesus worth following? He's worth following because fill in the blank. And we'd love to, to participate as a family. And one of the things I've been reminded of lately is that stories are often more powerful than teaching and changing our hearts. When we see the work of Jesus in each other, something happens to us. and God starts to transform us by what we see. And so we want to encourage one another. So ask the Spirit right now to show you as we're teaching, What what is it that The Spirit wants you to share that might encourage the family. Mm -hmm. So, have Dawson pray, and then he'll jump in on the first one, and we'll go back and forth and
1: see what happens. Thanks, brother. Let's pray. Jesus, it's one thing to say that you're worth following. And it's another thing to daily live a life of following you. And uh, we hope that our church family is a safe place where we can share that some days it's hard, some days I don't want to, some days I dig in my heels, and yet you, as a gracious king, daily meet us. And say the same thing that you said to your first disciples, follow me and say it again and again. So today as we reflect and then as we share, as we open up the mic for people in our body to share, we pray that uh, as you do, that you would change us in the following minutes, that you would revive us again if we need reviving because we hear stories of how you've been a faithful king. We thank, thank you for the story of Mark. It's so obvious that you are a king worth following. Make it really obvious today through our stories as embodying the continued story of the Gospels that you are worth following. So, invite us again to follow you. Amen. All right, so we're gonna do five things back and forth. Feel free to to pause, to to jot some notes down of like what that spurs in you because we want to have that time of encouragement and edification. So if I see people on their phone, it's great. I'm assuming you're jotting down all the reasons. Um, Five things. The first one is uh, that it's kind of five themes we're going to trace in in Mark. The first one is that Jesus' Father tore open heaven and earth To send him tore open heaven to send him to earth and tore open the veil that was in the temple so that he could receive us so that's the first one the the story of Mark like if you're tracing the story of the Bible it's like the the Gospels story of Mark is like this hinge it's like a if you're going up a seesaw the Gospels like this hinge where it just like shifts the whole thing shifts in the Gospel of Mark this the story of the world begins with god creating a space a garden he creates this space where god can be with his people there's no separation of like god's space my space it's all our space god with his people There's no like separation between heaven and earth it's it's together it's together space god dwelling amongst his people So heaven and earth, this one place, this together space, and then that space is split in two. It's severed. Human rebellion creates this severing of spaces, this dividing wall where there's suddenly this this great um, barrier, this this force field, if you will, between these two spaces. And uh, that's really bad news. No longer can people be with God. It's really, really bad news. And then Mark begins with this verse, chapter one, verse one. It says, The beginning of the gospel, which means good news. The gospel of Mark is the beginning of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. So, like, like this startling, like unexpected headline in a newspaper let's say like during a time of war where there's been newspaper after newspaper of bad news, we're still at division, we're still at division. You suddenly have this startling, unexpected headline that says, we have good news. We have good news. Something is happening, and it's related to these two spaces. When you read the beginning of the Gospel of John, it tells us what happened. It tells us that God moved from his space to dwell among us. That's the way the Gospel of John puts it. That he moves into the neighborhood. John tells us what happened, and Mark tells us what it took right at the beginning, like how it happened. And you've heard me say this a few times over the last months, but I've just been struck with this word that that, that appears in the first and last chapter. In chapter one, it's Jesus' first day on the job. He gets baptized. Andrew just mentioned that moment. God says, this is my beloved son. And then Jesus looks up into heaven, and he actually gets to see a, that, that, div- that divider between heaven and earth. And this is what it says. Verse 10, he, he comes up out of the water, and he looks up, and immediately he saw the heavens being torn open. So he, he literally, he's, a, he's the first witness of the dividing space being torn open. A little, well, maybe, maybe too vivid imagery. It's like the womb of heaven is being torn open so that God can enter into the world. And that's just, that's crazy. And it ends that we looked up this uh, last week, uh, two weeks ago at the crucifixion of Jesus, where when Jesus, the son of God, who, who went through torn heaven to be with us, when he breathes his last, it says that the curtain was torn, and now we are invited into his space. Isn't that just a beautiful, like, the spaces get to be together again. That's why Jesus, when Jesus arrives on the scene, chapter 1, he says, the kingdom of God is at hand. He's saying, you're about to see the collision of spaces happen again. Now, that might be a lot of theology, but we wanted to start there. That is profound for us. And I have one, like, immediate application, but I didn't know if you want to share something on that. I'm I'm good? You're good. Okay. (laughs) We spent a lot of time talking about how we would—no, we didn't. We just each prepared our own thing and said, if you have anything— I have no idea
0: what he's going to say. If you have anything,
1: the Spirit—you just feel the freedom. So immediately, um, what does that mean for us as a church, as a family? Uh, We are this crazy— outpost of heaven in this other space as Eugene Peterson would say he, he says it this way we're, we're an outpost of the kingdom and a country of death that's what we are like we are this strange thing we're embodied by the spirit of God we are a collision of spaces it doesn't mean we're better it means that God's done a, a crazy work in us and that now people can like look through that veil so to speak and see a glimpse of heaven not because we're amazing, but because we have the spirit of Jesus with us. And so immediately that invites us to live as a kingdom outpost, this picture of what is meant to be what was, but what is going to be one day perfectly, that those spaces are brought together. That's in some ways what the gospel of Mark is all about, this bringing together spaces.
0: And, and one of the ways what I was thinking about was the, the next thing um, and how it ties in so well. And that is one of the ways we know that, Jesus, that that heaven was torn open for Jesus to come and that there was this outpost from heaven on earth is Jesus right away showed us this sovereign, compassionate authority over disease and demons and death. He gave us a glimpse. He brought heaven with him and he gave us a glimpse of what it's going to look like in the new heaven and new earth. And so all throughout Jesus' ministry, we find him with perfect compassion and absolute authority, never run up, a case, uh, up against a case that was too hard for him. There was never a hopeless case that didn't experience hope in the presence of Jesus. There was nothing that could be thrown at him that was too hard. So over and over and over again, he would cast out demons, he would heal diseases, he would raise people from the dead to show heaven really had come earth and what's amazing about that is it's still true jesus still does cast out demons he still does heal diseases he still does rescue us from death and so we we live in this in this in-between place right this this already not yet place where we experience the power of jesus and we're at the same time longing for the fullness of that power to come And so we saw Jesus as he was healing people and the disciples got excited about the kingdom coming. Jesus saying, hey, let's go preach over here. Let's stop what we're doing and go preach because Jesus had a bigger mission even as he was healing. And that is he was going to tell people the good news that forever their souls and their hearts could be healed. And so that's that's huge for us as God's people, because Jesus should still be our first resort when it comes to the the healing of our bodies one of the things that we've tried to do in our home is when we're sick, instead of making Jesus plan B or plan C, make him plan A. Mm -hmm. And it's been beautiful to see our our daughters better at this than we are. Like we'll mention something like I have a headache or something's wrong. She'll just come up to me and pray and say, Jesus, heal dad. And then she remembers and she asks me the next day, dad, how's your head? How's your back? How's your, like she she goes to the list. She remembers all the things that she's prayed for and just anticipating God to answer and if I'll say, well, my back's still hurting, but my head's better. She'll say, see, look at that. Look at that, Dad. Like, Jesus healed your head. And so such a beautiful example of how we as God's people should live in this expectation that Jesus is still at work. And sometimes he sovereignly chooses not to heal because he's going to heal us forever in eternity. Because that was, that was his message to us, mm. that he came for something bigger than just physical healing. But he did reflect it and gave us an echo of the new heaven and the new earth which is to come and so that's that's jesus breaking into our world and we get to be that same we, we should pray for miracles family we should pray for miracles we should ask jesus to do these kinds of things so that we can more and more be that outpost of heaven on earth yeah he's worth following because of his power over demons death and disease
1: Yeah, so that's the second one so maybe maybe that already like He's bringing up stories for you. Um, maybe you are in that. that, that that's number two. How, how has Jesus shown to be a king worth following? Because he has that kind of authority. Uh, maybe you're still in the middle of the story. It's not like yet answered. You're still dealing with that waiting or with that, that sickness. Or, or still in the middle of, of grieving over death. Maybe just take a minute. I'm going to pause. And maybe there's something that uh, either Jesus wants to remind you or maybe that you could share with the body. That's number two. Uh, Number three, Jesus (laughs) invites runaways to his party and then turns them into disciples. We saw that time and time again in the Gospel of Mark. He invites people that are far away, the outcasts, he invites them in. People who are out get to come in. Um, Throughout the Gospel of Mark, I don't know if you remember and talked about crowds. Remember, I was talking about crowds? They're everywhere. Uh, crowds seem to just kind of hover around Jesus, but we begin to notice a pattern, and um, that's that Jesus isn't really that interested in the crowds. Um, crowds, uh, he's much more interested in, not interested in building crowds, much more interested in making um, followers and making disciples. In fact, uh, we saw the crowds they 're so they 're fickle, and the, the kind of primary thing that we did see the crowds doing was actually hindering people from getting to jesus <laughs> like that 's the that's there 's all these crowds around them and then we constantly saw the desperate, the hungry, and the needy happen to like make their way through this crowd to actually get uh to jesus and and by the way, just we we 've mentioned this like that some people would say that you know right now we're experiencing a crisis of the church in America or the crisis of the church in the West looking at different statistics and all that and we've said I I, I feel like it's it's not so much a crisis of church it's a crisis of crowd like they're the spectators are being challenged and Jesus um Jesus was okay with crowds coming into crisis. He wanted people to move from the crowd to come close. And you actually have to be not just like semi-curious about Jesus, but super desperate, needy, and weak to push through to actually get to him. Um, And so he finds the most unlikely people. Because of that, you you get these super outcasts, the super unlikely, and they are the people that get invited to these parties with him. They get to sit down at a table. The Gospels, you read through them, Jesus is either at a party, on the way to a party, or just came from a party because he's hanging out with these people. And um, the crowds, if the crowds are the ones that passively are keeping these people to Jesus, the other thing we see through the Gospels of Mark is that there's this other group who are actively keeping the needy from Jesus, and that's the leaders, the leaders. Mark often calls them scribes or just the the self-righteous leaders who are not, they're they're actively hindering the needy to come to Jesus. And um, one of the first examples is right in chapter two, Jesus is at a party. He's with a bunch of renegades there, a bunch of runaways, and the scribes, the leaders ask, why does Jesus eat with sinners and tax collectors? They're really offended by this practice. Why are they offended? It's not so much the nature of like a a party. It's kind of that. But they know that heaven is supposed to be a party. They're not offended by the party. They're offended by the guest list of the party. They look at the guest list and they're like, really? I'm supposed to sit next to these people? And they're offended by that. Um, The gospel is always going to be good news for bad people good news for the runaways for the renegades and it will also always be bad news for people who think they're good people who look at the list and say really that's the nature of of Jesus in the Gospel of Mark that's the nature of him today so we we're invited to a party but we're invited to a party where none of us can get up and say, well look at us we've look at us here we've all worked really hard and we deserve this feast. No, instead, when we are invited to Jesus' party, the, the toast that we can raise is, we can paraphrase what John Newton says when he says, look, look at us. What brings us all together is that we're all great sinners and we have a great savior. That's, that's the kind of parties we get to attend. And the, and, and, and the party that we're headed towards in the future is gonna be diverse in this way. There's gonna be one person that deserves to be there and that's perfect, and everybody else who's like, This is crazy that I'm invited, that I get to be here. So Jesus invites runaways to his party to sit at his table. But not only that, last week when we looked at the resurrection, we saw that not only are they invited to his table, but they're also the first ones sent with his message. So runaways get to be messengers. These deserters, if you remember all the disciples... The guys, the A-list, they're supposed to be there at the cross, they are not there, and the deserters get to be invited in to be the first disciple makers. And I, I mentioned Brittany wrote a beautiful song. I mentioned it last week. She wrote a beautiful song in this time of meanwhile, the last couple of years, where her the chorus is she's singing to Jesus, "Will you stay? Will you stay? Will you stay?" With a runaway, powerful lyric. And the answer is he does, but not only does he stay with you, he goes with us as we're sent to be inviting people to this table that we didn't deserve. So just a powerful theme through Mark, again and again and again, sitting at tables with people that you would not expect. So no one's excluded, none of us are excluded, and then none of us are excluded from being on the front lines of mission, of inviting people to this party. So that's, that's number three. I hope
0: you've been, I've been, and I hope you've been encouraged watching the misfits, the 12 disciples who followed Jesus and how kind and compassionate Jesus and patient he was with them. And we hope you found yourself being numbered with them as one of them yeah. and got a lot of hope from that because Jesus, he loves to take broken things, and do beautiful things. He loves to take jars of clay, and 2 Corinthians says that the treasure of the gospel he puts in jars of clay so that the beauty and fame and power of Jesus might be known. Mm-hmm. And so God loves to, he's worth following because he loves to take people who are broken and think they don't have anything to offer. He loves to take them and turn them into missionaries and into disciples. And one of the ways that he does that is um, through this this fourth thing that shows us that jesus is worth following it doesn't seem like it when we first encounter this in jesus but jesus is worth following because he patiently yet radically dismantles our kingdom to show us a better one so one of the things that god that god does to change us to transform us into his followers is he starts to turn our kingdoms upside down we saw that with the disciples all the time right they, they came with these preconceived notions of what the kingdom was supposed to look like. They they wanted Jesus to be a certain kind of king, and Jesus said, I'm not that kind of king, and he constantly turned their kingdom upside down, not because he hated them, not because he was mad at them, but because he loved them, because he wanted to show them a better way, and I hope, again, that we found ourselves numbered, like we're the 13th disciple, right? We we come with the same baggage, we come with the same background, things that we've learned about what Christianity is and isn't, things that we've grown up being taught, things in our past, and our own stories. We bring them as followers of Jesus, and Jesus very kindly starts to dismantle those things and show us a much better way and tells us to let go of the pen that we use to write our story and let him write the story. And we saw this in so many different ways. We saw this when Jesus upturned the disciples' view of greatness, right? They they had this idea that, that branding and self-promotion was the way to greatness. And Jesus said, no, it's being faithful as a servant, sometimes in obscurity. This long obedience in the same direction. We saw Jesus overturn their view of keeping the law, reminding us that God is not a policeman ready to arrest us, but he's a good father with a heart of love for us, ready to teach us. We saw him up, upturn our view of marriage and sexuality, that we go back to the creator of these things and learn from him and listen to him about what our relationships are supposed to look like, that marriage is a covenant between two people that sacrificially love each other with no exit strategy. And over and over again, we saw our, our, the way we work and what we do with our time, what we do with our money. Jesus just turned it upside down. And he very kindly, he very kindly dismantles our kingdom. And dismantles our story to show us a better one. And so on the other side of that dismantling, we see life. Because Jesus' death and resurrection is the pattern. As we follow Jesus in death, we experience resurrection on the other side. That's the pattern of our lives as followers of Jesus. He calls us to die so that we can experience life. And what's beautiful is he walks with us in that death. We saw that when in the story of the transfiguration, right? The disciples in crisis... And sometimes as Jesus dismantles our story, we experience doubt and fear and deconstruction. And Jesus patiently and kindly walks with us and will carry us to hope if we will keep following him. And so that, that is why Jesus is a king worth following. Mm-hmm. And so maybe this year he's dismantled your story. And you, you haven't seen the resurrection part yet. And maybe today you can share, I, I don't know what it's like on the other side yet. But in faith, I can say Jesus is worth following because he rose from the dead. And I know that sometime after this death, there's resurrection. Mm-hmm. And so that is our hope as, as God's people. Yeah.
1: And that's why we need each other just to, to briefly talk about this point. It's, we are not our own. Um, and it's really hard sometimes to recognize, like, what is of my kingdom like there's a famous Chinese proverb that says, if if you want to learn about water, don't go talk to the fish. They won't tell you nothing about water. They don't. That's all they know. And so we need to we need each other to sometimes say, hey, like for Ben to say, hey, Dawson, that might just be your kingdom, not 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 uh not Jesus's kingdom. For, for me, living in a, living in Eastern Europe for a while, we we would sometimes we'd host a conference and we'd have like, um you know. We'd have 200 people drive from like 15 different countries, because it just takes a few hours to get from different, and we'd get together, and what was beautiful when we get together is it was so easy for, for, for brothers and sisters who trust each other to say, you know what, that might not be the kingdom of Jesus, that might just be your kingdom, your national kingdom, that might just be something of like an American way, and we need that undoing constantly of undoing our kingdom so we can better see Jesus' kingdom. So that's the fourth one. And then we're going to land on this last one, the, the fifth one. Jesus' presence gives us everything that our souls long for. So if, if we're asking the question, why is Jesus a king worth following? There's a long list. There's many benefits. But the greatest benefit is not all the things that he can do, but that when we follow him, we get him. We get his person, person of Jesus. I think, uh, I think one of the most powerful kind of themes in the Gospel of Mark for me um, is that idea of his presence. Maybe one of the most significant moments is, is that moment when he's on the boat with his disciples in the middle of a storm, right? And he's asleep on the boat. All of us can relate to the disciples being in the middle of a storm some way or maybe many ways for for us. And it's really easy if you're just doing a quick read through of that story in the midst of your own storm, it's really easy to walk away from that story and to think, okay, I think that the point here is that if I trust Jesus, he will calm the storm of my life. And that's not really what that chapter is saying. It's not, it never, we don't get promises that the difficulty around you, the storms happening around you are going to cease. We know they will one day, but we have no promises that's coming at all, even in this life. But what that, that chapter, what that moment with Jesus, that story with Jesus, instead, instead it, it, it teaches us that trusting Jesus and being with Jesus when I'm with him, even in the greatest storms of my life, that his calm can be my calm, that his presence can be enough, even in the midst of the storm, that we were created for the presence of God and that it is available to us, that his presence is available to us now. So in an anxious world, He is our non-anxious presence. In a suffering world, he is our healing presence. In a confused world, he is our guiding presence. In a rebellious world, he's our saving presence. In a lonely world, he is our constant presence. We... We have access to the presence of God. That's where we started. But that's why he's a king worth following. That's why he's a king worth following. So the greatest gift of the gospel is actually the person of Jesus himself. And the thing Jesus wants most, this might sound a little weird, is not your obedience. It's you. Your obedience flows out of it. Your obedience comes from enjoying the presence of God I long to submit to this King worth worth following that's why heaven was torn open that's why the veil was torn open torn apart so that we get to walk through today with Jesus with us so that Jesus we don't have to talk about this idea of his presence we can acknowledge he is with me and you right now right now we get his presence
0: it isn't isn't that astounding like jesus wants to be with us like he's not just welcoming into us into his presence begrudgingly he, he actually wants it he wants to be with us so much that he removed every obstacle that's why he had to rescue us from our sin that was an obstacle to enjoying his presence mm-hmm. that's how much he wanted to be with us and when we when we set up this series from the beginning, this was our heart in preaching through the gospel of Mark. We wanted our family to experience the person of Jesus. We wanted to fall in love with Jesus all over again. And I hope that, that you hear that drumbeat up here as we teach week by week. I hope we, you hear that all the time. We want to get to Jesus himself as a person. And if we stop doing that, will you please come and and rebuke us. (laughs) Like, we want to experience Jesus. It's not just about knowing the facts of the gospel. It's not just about knowing our doctrine straight. It's not just about knowing um, how to read through the Bible well. All of that is so important, but only if it gets us to Jesus as a person. And so we want to experience his presence over and over and over again, not just here, but but throughout, throughout the everyday stuff of life. We want to experience his presence, become like him, and do what he does. So, I'm going to pray and then um, Dawson will give some direction on how we're going to be able to share as a family. But let me just uh, take a minute. We're going to pray and, and let's just thank Jesus that He really is a King worth following. Mm. Um, Jesus, thank you that you long for us to be with you and enjoy you, yeah. experience life in you. You are so for us and so your your call to to take up our cross and to follow you is so that we can experience more joy and something far better than we could ever write ourselves so i I pray that you would just remind us all over again Jesus, that you you're a good and gracious and kind and powerful king, and to follow you is an amazing gift of your grace we would never want to follow you had you not chased us first Mm -hmm. so thank you for following us with your goodness and your mercy and bringing us to yourself and then calling us to follow you so we we ask that spirit of god you would move now we we need your help that you would show us as a family what we need to share to encourage one another and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah.
1: So we want to create space for that right now. Uh, like we said, like Ben said, um, one of the strongest apologetics for Jesus is is stories of what he's done. Uh, so we're going to create um, some time right now for us to do that. We'll have a, this microphone right down here. And if... Things got stirred in you, like saying, yeah, this is what Jesus did this last year as we were walking through this book, or, um, you're welcome to come down. If you just want to read a passage, we, we've, we've taught on this a few times. The simplest way sometimes, if you're even, I don't know how to say it, is just read a passage that has ministered to you. This is who Jesus is. This is why he's a king worth following. Um, but maybe you you want to say a few things. Maybe you want to say one thing. Something that uh, the the, the The simplest filter is, would this maybe encourage someone? Would this possibly invite someone to Jesus? We want to create space for that as well. And so you're welcome to do that. Um, The way we're going to do this kind of practically is we would actually ask that if you want to do that, you come down and like kind of form a line. Um, But sitting down here on the first uh, pew, you can sit down. You have to stand up. Just sit down. That way we know kind of who's next. And um, try to keep it brief, you know, around 90 seconds, two minutes. If we, if, uh, if you need a little bit more time, that's okay, but we want to create space for, for more people. Um, if you're like, I don't know if this would be helpful, I'm not quite sure. You can, uh, Ben's going to sit right here. We have other leaders. You could just stop by a leader and say, hey, do you, do you think this would be helpful? Do you think this might be something that would be good? And that elder, that leader can can help you with that. If you're not a part of our family, if you're not a part of our church family, and you're like, wow, uh, we're, you're, we're, o- um, we're open to hearing from you as well, but we just ask that you go to one of those leaders and say, hey, this was encouraging to me. Can I share this? So this is the question. Jesus, and it's not a question. You're right. It's an incomplete sentence. Jesus is a king worth following because, and, and for us to just fill in, fill in that, that, uh, that blank right there in a way that might edify, and encourage us to follow Jesus. So uh, Brittany, if you, you wouldn't mind just playing for a little while, let's, um, let's actually have some, some space, you might need some quiet uh, for you to, to kind of reflect on that, feel free to come and, and sit up here, um, and then I'll invite us to respond uh, here in a second. Thank you. Okay.
2: Make sure I don't go too long. Um, Jesus is a king worth following because uh, he designed marriages and he designed the concept of marriage. How he designed it is perfect and he's full of hope for every marriage. And I say that, I don't know how, how many months ago, how many weeks ago, Ben, did you preach on the marriage part? It was like two months ago or something. It's crazy that Sunday my wife and I were going through an intense kind of a moment. I don't even remember what it was, but it was, it was intense. And if, you've, if you're married and all that stuff, or if you've experienced that kind of relationship, that relationship, there's there's sometimes stuff is happening it feels like a weird mountain. It's like, what is this intensity? But I don't know what it was Ben was preaching. As the word is coming forth, it was so powerful that not only did it change my perspective on marriage that I've probably held for, probably for like 13, 14 years, something like that, um, it, it, which was good, but it's like it lifted, it, it's like it put a priority in front of me, in front of us. But it led my wife and I into such a deep emotional space that it brought healing, and it continues to bring a wave of healing. And I don't remember what you preached, bro. It was just that good. <laughs> so, yeah, Jesus is worth following.
3: Um, Jesus is a king worth following because of the the fourth one where he will disassemble our, radically disassemble our kingdoms. And this is me uh, reporting this as the sister of my sister who her son was murdered last month. And it totally, it's, I mean, it's destroying her. But I'm like, oh my gosh, how could this happen? But as I look at it and I'm thinking like, God, you are in control. How could you let this happen? And I can kind of step back from the crisis of it and say, you are in control. You're disassembling her kingdom for her good. And I don't know whether my nephew was a a believer or not. she thinks my sister is a believer and she thinks he was so I just don't know that personally but it's it's just that hope that I will see him again and how he works through tragedy and it's just a okay God one step at a time and I'm trusting you okay here we go one step I'm trusting (laughs) I'm stepping into the cloud and so this is the way it is with my sister right now she's really hurting so but he is a king worth following
4: Jesus is a king worth following because he has proven himself faithful to me even when I'm not faithful um Some things happened in my family that have kind of really turned my world upside down. And in the 30 odd years that I've been saved, I've never doubted that the Bible was the inerrant word of God. And for the first time, I began to question that and, um, and really, I don't know, If it even matters if it's literal or anymore because it's Jesus you know and however he meant us to take it it speaks to me individually and um, and I know that his word is true and he's always been there for me Um, even though I wasn't there for him sometimes, so I'm just grateful that he doesn't leave me when I run away.
1: That's good. Yeah. Step for sharing This is a safe space for you to be able to even say that in your journey. That he's meeting you in his word, even on that journey.
5: Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Dawson. Jesus is a king worth following. Because he's creating a different kind of kingdom. We are in a context right now where everybody is trying to create a kingdom. We're all going to be right when our political party or our viewpoint or whatever gets in power. And Jesus is creating a different kind of kingdom. And a couple of weeks ago, I got a beautiful, vivid, human picture of that when... Tyleo and I and Roseanne went up to Victoria to visit the church, the Soma church up there. And after the gathering we were sharing uh, with one of their elders who's a, an Indian descent man. Um, converted Hindu. And just talking to him about this Afghan uh, family that I think some of you know our missional community is working towards trying to adopt and actually get a visa to come into the U.S. And um, And he says oh, we need to pray. So he said, everybody stick your hand in here. And I, Kyleo actually tried to get a selfie, but he, he couldn't do it and pray. So. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> that, um, but it was so cool because in the process of this, Ken, the elder, says, hey. And he calls another guy over, and he says, this man is um, Iranian. At the time, I didn't realize this. He's not even yet a follower of Jesus. Um, so we have this little circle, and in the circle of hands are... A very dark hand, a very pale hand, some Middle Eastern hands, and we are all praying for an Afghan family on the other side of the world that our Father is creating a kingdom made of that kind of beautiful diversity Amen. all to worship Him. Amen. That's a king worth following. That's good. Yes. Awesome. Thank
1: you, Mark. And thanks for going up there being an encouragement to that church. Mm-hmm. Chewy, you want to Come? trying to remember the order forgive me if I get it wrong easy
6: to count (laughs) thank you so I'm gonna sit (laughs) Um, Chewy style yeah I so I don't know I've met most of you here but my thoughts are kind of scatterbrained and so I try to pull them all together and make them a little more cohesive But the question being uh, Jesus is a king worth following because uh, I think what I observe from my peers outside of the church that, uh, I guess without sounding too churchy, uh, it seems like their foundations are are not as concrete as Jesus. Um, and I, I mean, I could go on a lot of rubber trails, but I'm not going to. But in, oh yeah, is this better? Okay, all right, sorry about that, guys. Um, but what comes to mind is um, just in, in Matthew 5, uh, the verse it says, so that, you're, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven, for he causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. And I think I have a personal view of myself as a pretty unrighteous person. I know a lot of people love God because he's very gracious i'm very fearful of god because he is very wrathful and (laughs) i kind of rest in that tension a lot and you know previously through this past week going through the books of you know uh, first and second kings you know you have terrible terrible people i would probably be uh, in the same camp as them and i just think um kind of like, like Deb mentioned, uh, you know, in my unrighteousness, uh, just Jesus is just abundantly gracious to me. And so all these circumstances, of, you know, being in a body have being provided for and, and cared for. I'm still working to build intimacy with uh, God, but just even the tangible things that shows that he does provide for me speak volumes and if I cared enough to listen more I would I would probably hear more. So I think that's why I think Jesus is a king worth following. Mm.
1: Thanks, Chewie. Yes Tim
7: So Jesus is a king worth following because he is the way to true life. Mm. And I'm just going to read some scripture. Mark eight thirty four through 38. And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, Jesus said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For who would save his life will lose it.
1: Katrina.
8: Hi. Hi. Okay. So my name is Katrina. Uh, this is my first day here. Yay. <laughs> <Welcome>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, when this guy was talking about that, uh, Jesus is over death, disease, etc. All of those things. Um, sorry. I will get through this. Uh, (laughs) I found out I was pregnant in 2019, or no, 2020. Um, Early March, you know, the world exploded. That was exciting. Mm -hmm. And then I found out I was pregnant. Mm -hmm. Uh, At week six, I was told I would have a miscarriage. Mm -hmm. At week 12, I was told I would have a miscarriage. And um, <laughs> at week 25, they told me that he would probably be stillborn. Mm.
9: Um, he's back there with
8: my husband.
1: <laughs> oh, praise God. All
5: right.
8: <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, he, he was born at week 26. Uh, mm. One pound, five ounces, 11 inches uh And he was in the hospital
0: for four and a half months uh i
8: haven't i haven't been to church in two years. The last time I went to church was actually twenty twenty uh and then the world exploded uh, and um this was not an answer well, to my prayers because I I wasn't praying. This this was um, my family, um, my aunts, my uncles, um, all of my extended family. They they'd call me every day and be like, "We're praying, we're praying." And I'd be like, "Okay, whatever. Like I don't know what's gonna happen." Um. So I, you know, that's just uh my. Personal story. Wow. Uh, so, anyways, I'm here today. Maybe next week. I, I don't know. That's amazing. Can yeah. we <laughs> can
1: we pray with you right now? Would that be okay? Can, uh, I, can I thank God for what He's done? Is that okay? Stay here. Yeah. Yeah. No, you have to be sorry. Chris, you wanna you wanna um, come up and join me? Would that be okay? Yeah. Sorry. What's your, What's his oh, name? Yeah. Um, is it okay if I hold you like this? or no? Jesus, you reached out one day and grabbed a young little girl who had died by the hand and said, get up, sweetie, it's time to get up. And similarly, um, we rejoice in the fact that though Katrina was mourning the loss of a son, you reached out and said, no, I want you alive. So you have a you have a plan for her and for Luis. We're glad they're here today. And like she said, we don't know they're gonna be next week, but thank you that today you are present with them and um and that she could experience a little bit of your hospitality today. We love you. Amen. Thank you so much for coming up. Yeah. Crystal, you had something?
10: I think Jesus is a king worth following because he uh, is calm during our is the calm during our storms. So I wanted to share a story about my sister-in-law. She was diagnosed about 10 years ago with breast cancer and she beat it. um, But it came back. Um, And so I just wanted to share like her amazing faith and how uh, Jesus really is peace. So uh, she has a lot of reasons to be fearful and anxious right now. Her mother passed away from breast cancer. It's She hasn't been receiving the greatest of news. Uh, it's still really new, but she said that she can, uh, she doesn't really have a lot of words to pray herself. She is praying, but she's kind of jumbled in her thinking, but so many people have been praying for her, and she can feel uh, God's peace and presence, and she is not Um, having nightmares or laying awake anxious, which she would expect um, right now. And she just has an abundance of peace and a huge faith that is beautiful. And it is not um, possible to muster that up in a human brain. So Jesus is carrying her. Um, And then beyond having peace, um, I love the idea that because of Jesus, we have togetherness with our father. And so I wanted to read, um, Isaiah forty one ten. fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So like that is true of our God and he's our father and we're near to him and he can strengthen us because of our, uh, made rightness through Jesus, and I'm like, that is such good news, and I'm looking forward to praying for a miracle for my dear sister-in-law and coming back here and telling you how she beat it, Um, but if she doesn't, um, that song this morning of like, when I come to die, give me Jesus, so all the people we've lost and we will lose and our own lives, um, I think like, that's good news anyway, Mm-hmm. There's so much hope in Jesus. He's nothing can take that away, not even death. So, uh, in Randy's words, um, God got my sister-in-law, mm-hmm. and He got all of us. So, amen to that.
1: Yeah. Thank you. <clears throat> if if you don't know who she's talking about, you can talk to her. She'll tell you this story. A guy who said God's got this. All right. I think we have time. Oh, we have three. All right. Um, can I ask our brother, is Tim going to share something? You want to come up, Tim? And then, girl, girl, ladies, if you would wrap us up before we um, respond by singing. Tim, come on. I was just, Jesus,
6: is, oh wait, I forgot, okay. Jesus is good because he accepts you for no matter what. Even though I challenge, or he accepts all people, even people with challenges, and He's comfortable um, I didn't really want to speak today, but he told me to, so mm-hmm. um, <laughs> Jesus is good because he loves all of us the way we are, and we don't have to worry about being accepted and sometimes we, with challenges, people reject, and Jesus will never reject us, mm-hmm. so it's amazing <laughs> mm-hmm. and I just thank him for that. That's all I have to say.
1: Well, we need to hear that. Thank you. It's true. We love you, brother. <laughs> Rachel, you guys going to fight over this one? I feel like two
9: people who are not going to fight over Yeah, the, like, the last <laughs> two people who would fight. Especially since I'm coming over on Thursday for dinner. <laughs> um, this is uh, something I wrote I don't remember when I wrote it um but it came up this last week and then um the third or fourth point don't remember which but the the conversation about or the theme that we're seeing about the crowds and the leaders and the runaways and their response to Jesus um and where I land in those groups and sometimes how I like transition amongst those groups Hmm. um What gain is there in transparency, revealing and vulnerable? What gain is there in opacity, closed and protected? In both there is beauty, light breaking through, strong and roping shadows. In both there is death, opening to the point of oblivion, closing to the point of collapse. But without opening, no seed can fall, renewing life, face the false choice again. Even in closing the light breaks in.
1: Wow, thank you.
11: Um, Jesus is a king worth following because he's a compassionate authority over disease and death. Um, Some of you know a year and a half ago my little brother was diagnosed with terminal brain cancer and now I'm experiencing the slow loss of my dad to dementia. Um, it's been really hard. And so, um, something that I've just been thinking on is my runaway heart wants to flee the pain, but, um, Jesus feels more pain for my family members and for those family members. And so, um, like Crystal said, they know Jesus. And so even, um, though it will end, they will be with Jesus. And so he is with me in the pain and, um, John six sixty six through 68 says, As a result of this, many of, of his disciples withdrew and were not walking with him anymore. So Jesus said to the twelve, You do not want to go away also, do you? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have words of eternal life. There's not really anywhere else to go in the pain because he feels it deeper than than we can. So.
1: Thank you. Let's thank everyone who shared and encouraged us. We're gonna, we're gonna, we have one last uh, part of our gathering, and that's just a response, a response in song and communion. So we're going to sing two songs, and Ben's going to lead us in communion. Uh, we're going to sing about King Jesus, who is the only one uh, who is good and right and perfect. And because of that, he is the only one worth following. And it is okay and worth it to give up following everyone else to follow the good, right, and perfect one. So Brittany and Mark. Thank you for leading us. Let's stand and respond in song.